Welcome to the Encouraging the Conversation podcast. This is the HealthWise podcast where we encourage the conversation around mental health and well-being. We're trying to break down the stigma, normalize speaking about mental well-being. Why? Because you have mental health, I have mental health, we all have mental health. And just as it's important to care for our physical health, it's also really important that we look after our mental health and well-being. In the booth with me today, for today's podcast, I have Steve-O all the way from Australia. How are you doing, mate? I'm great, mate. Thank you for having me. Looking forward to this chat. Yeah, what's today's podcast about? So today, we're very lucky to uh, have Alyssa O'Connell, who's the head of people and culture uh, in Australia. Um, and today, we're going to chat about Are You OK Day, which is coming up on the 8th of September, and just the theme around Are You OK Day. But we also touch on uh, leadership and the importance of leadership um, in uh, creating a culture of well-being throughout um, any organisation. Um, we also were lucky to hear from Alyssa in terms of her journey over the last couple of years as well, and the coping tools that she used and the challenges she faced, um, and what she did to, to kind of help uh, keep herself on track throughout the turbulent times that we've all been through. The intention of this podcast is to encourage the conversation around wellness and resilience. We do touch on mental illness and suicide. So if this is triggering for anyone, perhaps it's a good idea to come back to this podcast at another stage or reach out to a qualified professional like a supportive doctor or a psychologist to get some support. Let's dive in. Welcome to the Encouraging the Conversation podcast. We've got a super exciting episode for you guys today and a real special guest. Co-hosting my session with me today, we have Steve-O all the way from HealthWise in Australia. Welcome, Steve-O. Thanks, Ross. Glad to be here. Really looking forward to the chat. And our special guest today is Alyssa O'Connell, Head of People and Culture over in Flight Centre Australia. Welcome in, Alyssa. Hi, Ross. Great to be here today. Looking forward to it. Yeah, thank you very much for being our first podcast guest. Uh, I'm sure you know, as part of mental well-being, uh, connection is such a big part. And what we thought we would start doing as part of these podcasts is a bit of an icebreaker dubbed speed dating with HealthWise. Are you keen for us to ask you five random questions? Sure. Why not? Okay. So there's five, there's five questions and you're allowed one pass. And if you pass, Steve-O gets the question. All right. Here we go. Question one is, what do you think about aliens? Ooh, I don't have any thoughts about aliens. I don't have time to think about aliens. <laughs> nice. What animal sound can you imitate the best and can you give us a demo? Oh, yes, I can. A little lamb. And here we go. <laughs> <laughs> so good, so good. <laughs> if I come to your house, what would you cook for me? My husband has a famous um, spaghetti bolognese that he cooks for three hours. So we would definitely cook you our spaghetti bolognese recipe. That sounds amazing. I'm coming over for dinner. Uh, <laughs> do you think fish ever get thirsty? Oh, that's a great question. I think they do because I don't think you'd drink in the water that you poo in, would you? So I'm thinking they do get thirsty, actually. <laughs> that's a great answer. That's a great answer. And our lucky last question for speed dating with HealthWise is if you were a thing, what would you be? If I was a thing, if I was a thing, I would be a Cadbury's Dairy Milk family block because in my house everybody loves that, and I would want to be I would want to be loved as much as the family block of uh, Dairy's Cadbury Milk. Amazing answers, Alyssa. Thanks so much for playing that game. We really appreciate it. 
Yeah, I reckon uh, yeah, I reckon that's just Ross's excuse to flirt with some of the guests uh, with the, the speed dating. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't blame him though. But great answers, thank you. But yeah, let's jump into it. So the first question is, um, you know, like Ross touched on, the, one of the goals or the aims of this podcast is to, you know, uh, encourage the conversation around mental health and well-being. And we find it's very timely because we have Are You OK Day coming up uh, on the 8th of September. So we just wanted to kick off really by, uh, you know, giving our listeners an understanding of what Are You OK Day is. Um, and uh, why you believe it's so important, and and also this year it's uh, the 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 topic is no qualifications required. So if you could just tell us a bit about you know why it's important, what it means to you, and just your thoughts on the the, the theme this year. Great. Well, thank you, Steve. Um, Are You OK Day was created around suicide prevention, and we know that it's a massive issue in Australia, um, New Zealand as well, particularly young men men of all ages, um, and Are You OK Day was about normalising the conversation, giving people a conversation starter that allowed them to speak to things that had been for a long time unspoken. Um, people didn't talk about mental health, people didn't talk about depression. Uh, for a long time it was considered a weakness or uh, an unseen illness, and I think ARC are you okay? Is a, is just a simple statement that allows you to open a conversation where you can genuinely inquire about someone's health, stuff that you can't necessarily see but you want to dig into. Um, I love the idea of no qualifications because, yep, there's lots of psychologists, psychiatrists, um, MDs that want to engage in this, but asking a mate if they're doing okay asking a mate, how are they? Asking a mate, are you okay? Can I do anything for you? Um, I don't need a psychology degree to know if my mate's not doing so well. You know, I can I can see in my team when someone's having a bad day. I recognise in my family when someone's not on their game. So being able to speak into that with a simple saying like, are you okay, is really powerful. It normalises the conversation and gives that person the space to say, actually, I'm not. Um, so, you know, no one needs a qualification to know when someone's not playing, bringing their A-game to work or at home. And I think that's the opening to just say, are you okay? And it may not always mean the conversation's open. You know, maybe sometimes people aren't ready to share, but at least you've put something into their mind that you're noticing that things may not be okay. So you're, you're, opening, you're opening that world up and you're bringing some barriers down. I think it's incredibly important as an organisation that we normalise the conversation, that we equip our leaders to have that conversation, that we make it okay for our people to step in and say, no, I'm not okay, that we make it okay for our leaders to say they're not okay. Because um, on any given day, someone's not going to be great, right, on any given day. So I think the more we normalise this conversation, the more we have it, the more we make it um, an average conversation, the more we give power to people to speak into it and say, I need some support, I need some help. And, you know, the help might just be, let's just talk about it, um, or the help might be, I actually need some serious support, but at least the conversation's happening. Yeah, it's um, it, when, when you talk about, you know, uh, just how, how somebody's feeling, like if we've seen somebody with, you know, a broken arm or... Um, you know, something that had happened to them physically, we, we're very quick in stepping forward and saying, oh, my goodness, what happened to you? You know, but when, you know, we don't see uh, when necessarily when somebody's maybe gone through trauma. So, you know, we don't know uh, when to ask them if they're OK, but we absolutely can recognise signs when somebody that we know quite well has become more withdrawn and not quite themselves, not presenting themselves the way they would normally present themselves. And, and asking that question, are you okay? Like you, you've touched on, it's so, so important. Um, and, and 
you also touched on, which is brilliant as well, uh, for our listeners to kind of um, take take away from this, is that somebody might say no, or they might say, not right now, I'm not ready to talk, but they will walk away from that question and, and they'll think to themselves, I'm not alone on this. I've got somebody here that has got my back. Um, and when I'm ready to talk, I know that they're there. So, yeah, it's, it's great insights. Yeah, it's a really interesting points there, Alyssa, about noticing that change as well. And Steve, I mentioned some of them about being withdrawn. But you know, guys out there, if you're if you're listening to this, like how you can notice a change into someone, maybe they um, you know might start. Uh, having more sick days or maybe they perhaps are uh, um, not quite themselves at work and their personality. Maybe um, you might be noticing things like they've become more with withdrawn. They don't engage socially with you um, as much as they have previously. There's lots of little signs that we can pick up on and we can all, um, you know, all qualified to ask that question. Are you okay? Uh, as part of our, um, I guess, overall wellbeing strategy here at Flight Center, we're focused around promoting a shared responsibility. Uh, as individuals, we have that responsibility to care for our wellbeing. Uh, as teams, we have the ability to support each other. And as an organization, we recognize that we're ideally placed to promote and protect the wellbeing of our people. Um, this question is around leadership. And can you give us a bit of an insight into your thoughts on leadership and its importance to wellbeing as a shared responsibility? Yeah, so we've always said in Flight Centre that leaders model the way. Um, and model the way means that you need to look after yourself first and foremost. So if you're a leader out there, your own personal well-being comes before anyone else. I know that leadership is selfless, but when it comes to your well-being, you must be selfish. So you've got to take care of yourself. Are you in a good headspace? Are you in a good physical space? Can you turn up to work and give to other people? Because leadership requires you to be in a good space to give. So first and foremost, take care of yourself get the support you need, have the conversations you can have. Secondly, um, model the way at, at work. Talk about what you do to, to care for yourself, how you look after your own well-being, how you know when to call it when you're not well. Normalise that conversation, include it in a day planner or a WBM, or have a focus on it. Um, Susan Scott, a lady I love who wrote a book called Fierce Conversations, said not every conversation will change the trajectory of someone's life, but any conversation can. And I really feel the weight of that, that any conversation I have with somebody might be the conversation that opens the door or allows them to see differently or triggers a thought in them to change an approach. So take it seriously that as a leader, you have the power to impact someone's day positively. Um, you know, choose your words carefully, choose the time for a conversation, but make sure that as a leader, you're leading with opening conversations up and making it really okay for someone to speak about their mental well-being. I would hate to think that any one of our leaders in the business is not making a safe psychological place for people to talk about their challenges or concerns at work. We need to create um, team environments, work environments, where it's always okay to talk about how you're doing and we should be inviting it as leaders. So I think as leaders it starts with us um, and it's really important that leaders take care of themselves first. So if you're a leader and you need some help, let us know. Let let HR know. Let Healthwise know. Speak to the EAP, but get some support so that you're in a great space to support the people that look to you for their leadership. Yeah, I think that leading by example message is really quite powerful. Uh, if, if these leaders out here listening to the podcast, Alyssa, what are some ways that perhaps they might um, start a conversation with somebody who's perhaps not having a good time? What are some things they might need to consider? 
not diagnosing things. You know, I love I love people who want to name things or diagnose. That's not our job. It's our job as a leader to be aware uh, and to care for our people. Our people are our number one philosophy. So having a genuine conversation at the right time to say, hey, look, here are the things I'm noticing. Here are the changes I've seen in you. Is everything okay? Are you okay? And if they say yes, then the next question is, so can you help me to understand why I'm seeing all these changes? You know, what, what, what's driving this change for you and um, how do I support you? I think offering um, offering the support that sits there in terms of our mental health um, toolbox, in terms of our EAP, in terms of HR, in terms of the two of you being here to support that, knowing where to direct that conversation, but actually giving some giving some evidence about what you're seeing or what you've noticed and asking what's going on for someone. Um, and look, it may not be mental health at all. There might be some stresses. You know, it might be a financial stress or there might be some issues in their family. But just saying, here's what I've seen. Um, this is what I think, you know, it means. What, what's really happening for you? What can I do for you? Uh, and you don't need to solve it. Um, the, the whole point about are you okay is asking the question, leading that conversation, not fixing it. And I don't think we have too many psychologists working in our business. So you don't need to be the expert. You don't need to diagnose it. You don't need to give them strategies to fix it. You just need to know where to direct them so they can get the support they need to fix it. Yeah, that's definitely the key for everyone out there listening that um, we're not expecting anyone to be psychologists. Uh, the, the, the key really here is just to focus around empathy, making sure we are still having that conversation and making sure we are directing to the right support avenues so people can get the help that they need. Yeah, there's so many great insights there, Alyssa. Thank you. And uh, yeah, that, that goes back to the piece, you know, you don't need to be qualified to, to be asking this question. But a few things um, I just I'd like to comment on from what you said there that really jumped out to me. Like, you know, I've worked within uh, the Flight Centre tra Travel Group, like many people have been here because it's such a great organisation to work for. I've been here for many years. Um, and, you know, I, I think about all the systems and the one best way practices we've got in place and the opportunities we've got to use them uh, to, to support this. Um, and I, I think straight away to our one-on-ones um, and, and the opportunity there, you know, to, to not just be focused on our uh, professional development, but also our personal development as well, and, and bringing in like wellness action plans um, that we can have, not necessarily for people who are, are on one end of the spectrum or another end of the spectrum regards to mental health, but wherever you are um, on, on the spectrum of well-being, it's, you know, where are you right now and, and what can I uh, what can we as a team, what can we as an organisation do to help support that um, and make sure that we're protecting you? Because if people within the organisation are not growing, then the organisation itself is going to struggle to grow as well, I feel. Um, so, yeah, lo lots of really great insights and that, that, that tied, you know, organisational well-being to individual well-being. It's, it's, it's brilliant. And another thing I wanted to mention there, you said that you reach out to the EAP. Now, we've got a new EAP provider um, coming on board in Australia um, and one of the uh, services being provided there is manager assist um, where managers, leaders uh, can call up and, and they can get uh, help if they don't, like we said, they don't need to be qualified, but if they don't feel they've got the capabilities or the skill set, there will be somebody on the end of the phone to help support them uh, in, in that capacity. And also we have mental health uh, training coming up for our leaders as well. So that would be a great space for them to watch. So, um, but like everybody knows, you know, the, the last few years have brought around uh, a lot of change, which has been way beyond the norm for, for many of us, of us. And, you know, 
uh, myself, Ross, and, and yourself included, will be included in that, I'm sure. But I was wondering if you could speak to um, anything uh, from the last few years, uh, personally or professionally, how you were impacted and, you know, how you were able to cope with that or, you know, potentially, you know, maybe uh, like a lot of us, things did get on top of you. What tools did you use to help yourself bounce back from that? Great question. And yes, I moved into this uh, role of leading people and culture just as our business took its biggest downturn in May 2020. So it was a baptism of fire for me. Um, and I really felt out of my depth. And I've spoken about that to my team. And I had imposter syndrome and I felt I couldn't cope. And it was the most difficult time for people and culture in all of our businesses, dealing with stand downs, redundancy, scaling down our business. Um, so how did I deal with it? Not very well. I ate. I ate emotionally. I ate my emotions. Um, I cried a lot. Um, I cried to sleep for oh, many weeks at the beginning of this job because I felt completely unable to uh, deal with the issues that existed and, and I didn't feel trained to manage it. Um, what did I do about it? Well, I found some support network. Um, my husband, a great sounding board, who gave me really sage advice, um, knew not to fix it but to listen to me. Uh, and he'd listen to me every night where I'd say, this is what we're doing. I don't think I can do it. I don't think I'm up for it. It's really stressful. Um, and he'd ask, he'd, he'd make one simple comment every night, um, which is, well, you're there now, so what can you do? Um, and the great thing that that allowed me to do was write a really simple action plan. I couldn't boil the ocean. I couldn't fix it all. But could I turn up the next day and you know, support my leaders? Could I turn up the next day and have one conversation with someone and stand down that would be meaningful? So I could write really simple action plans. So I did that, and that helped me to recover. I, at the end of 2020, realised that I had emotionally eaten myself to a stage that made me very unhappy. So I made some dietary changes. Um, I made some exercise changes. And I just made some commitments to myself about getting into the gym twice every week, about, um, you know, not eating more than 1,500 calories in a day, um, making sure I only drank alcohol on the weekend, drinking a crap load of water, the things that I knew to be true, the things that HealthWise had told me for a really long time, but I actually owned them and focused on them um, so that I could feel well. And I found that the better I felt about my well-being, um, the better my headspace, the better my contribution at work. I also um, confessed to my team that I, I hadn't been managing and I didn't feel capable, but I was going to step back into my leadership role and uh, lead with empathy and, and um, uh, with all the skills that I had from my, you know, 30 years plus in, in the business. And when I did that, when I freed myself up and took some expectations of myself and I just asked myself to be a good leader, um, I could step into that and really own it. Uh, but I think also acknowledging when you're not in a great space, you know, acknowledging that you've been emotionally eating, that you've been crying yourself to sleep, that you feel inadequate. Um actually being able to articulate those things to people is really free. Like people go, oh, really? I didn't realise that or I had no idea or you're doing a great job. But actually owning them um, is really powerful, not for anyone else, just for yourself. So, um, yep, I didn't cope well um, and I I um, brought some good tools into, into play. I made sure I got back to meditating. Um, importantly, I started reading before I went to bed, which really helps me. And I listen to a sleep story every night when I fall asleep, which also really helps put me in a great space. So um, I did lots of stuff just to make myself sort of um, as best I could be to bring my A game, which I, I felt I owed it to all the people I had to make redundant 
you know, all the people that had to leave our business, I need to be the best I can be because I'm still here and they're not. So that was a choice I made. Sorry, too much, too much information. No, no, never, never too much. And thank you so much for the vulnerability there. Cause yeah, in, in that like word vulnerability, you know, is, has been used a lot. And I think it's, it's such an important word and it's something that will help us to, to keep the conversation going. Um, so I really, really, really appreciate you sharing that story. And a lot of what came out of that for me, um, Ross, was that, that the self-awareness piece as well. Um, and, uh, you know, th this is maybe for another pod, a topic for another podcast, but that, that we're, we're not necessarily, necessarily our feelings. Um, and you know, that it's, it's our, it's the decisions we make that define us and not the conditions that surround us that define us. Um, and, and a lot of what's happened over the last few years, uh, I feel a lot of us, uh, you know, understandably the conditions that we were facing. And allowed that to define us, but just having that self-awareness to to know that you know, no, it, it's the decisions I make um, around you know, not using alcohol as a coping strategy. Okay, so I'm um, reading a, a book before I go to bed so that I can put my phone away, and I understand that that's going to give me a better sleep. So it's, it's that self-awareness and having the the understanding of of what you can do. Um, to make decisions that, that's going to help you now and in the, in the long run. It's such a, a holistic approach to Alyssa. There was not one thing that you were doing. There were a multitude of things, which really, I guess, speaks to what we try and preach within HealthWise is that there are so many things that will impact our well-being, and there's so many things to focus on. So there's always something that we can be working on to improve ourselves and move ourselves up the, the well-being continuum. Do you think that COVID-19 sort of, um, I guess, normalized the mental health conversation a, a bit more and it made it more okay to talk about mental health? That's a really good question. I, I think we were overwhelmed with so much information over the last couple of years and so much change and, this, and the rate of change was so overwhelming um, that almost any conversation was okay over the last couple of years. You know, the idea that suddenly I'm working at home or I can't come into the office or, um, you know, I, I, someone's got a sore throat so suddenly we're all, you know, banned to the house for a week. Everything changed and a, a great outcome is that the conversation went where it needed to go, which was, hey, and this is affecting how I feel and how I feel is affecting my mental stability, which may cause mental health issues. So it almost normalised all conversations about well-being, of which mental health was one. But, you know, I've, I've just spent the last three days at home with my son because he had a sore throat and can't go to school. I'm like, two years ago, I would have sent him to school and said, good luck, mate. Um, now, all of a sudden... <laughs> You know, if, I, if I've got a sniffly nose, I can't go anywhere. So a lot of things have changed for the better. You know, people are washing their hands after they go to the bathroom. Who would have thought, right? Crazy. Um, but also talking about I'm not doing so well um, mentally has become a really normal conversation, which is fantastic. So there are some pieces of um, goodness that have come from the last two years of, of COVID-19, yeah. So many beautiful insights for our listeners today, Alyssa. We um, couldn't leave the podcast without asking for some of your top tips around well-being. So what would be your um, top tips for our listeners out there to look after their own well-being, but also to leaders, what would be your top tips for, for them to look after their people? 
I think you need to find some resources that work for you. Um, I love the Imperfects podcast. Uh, if you haven't heard of that, get onto it. Um, some boys talking about the fact that, you know, we're not perfect and we all kind of stuff up and normalising the fact that we fail. I love that. I also love anything by Brene Brown and I use my podcast to and from work to kind of shift my mood and put me in the best possible place. Um, I also have a few playlists that um, I have a workout playlist, which makes me smile, and I have a playlist made by my daughter called For Mum Dearest, which I know will make me smile. And if I'm ever not feeling great, I put on a playlist. Music absolutely shifts your mood, absolutely, for the better or for the worse. So create some playlists that shifts your mood positively and use that if you're having a bad day. Put on your playlist, put in your earphones, have a walk, go get a coffee, whatever, shift a mood. Um, have the awareness to call out when you've had a mood shift. Don't wait for someone else to say, you are a cranky pain in the bum today. You should know that you're um, responding harshly or feeling out of sorts or, um, you know, get get to be able to label how you're feeling. Um, I love to read. Um, my three great books from this year are The Resilience Project book. If you haven't read, to it, read it, get onto it. Beautiful book. Peak Mind. Um, Peak Mind's awesome. Um, it's a study into the impact of mindfulness in creating focus and how focus can change our world. Um, and The Mindful High Performer, I'm reading at the moment, another great book. So three great books from this year all about shifting our mind and making the most of our mind. Um, podcasts, playlists. Um, as, as leaders, my one piece of advice is don't preach what you don't practice. So I'm tipping that around. Don't preach if you don't practice. Don't tell other people to... Um, you know, meditate or to go for a run if you don't do it. Talk to the stuff that works for you and then allow them to find the stuff that works for them. But take care of yourself first. Um, you know, whether you're a parent or a leader, you have people who are looking to you uh, to lead the way and I think you owe it to them to get your shit together. Get your shit together, people. Um, you know, take a step, do something. Go, go and do a yoga class, um, go for a walk, drink some more water, um, say to someone, hey, I'm, I'm not awesome, start a conversation, but look after yourself first so that you can look after the people that you're responsible for. Amazing, amazing. Great advice and awesome book recommendations out there as well. Uh, Steve, do you have any further questions before we wrap up today's podcast? I just love how you ended there, Alyssa. Yeah, fit your own oxygen mask first. It really is a message, isn't it? And it's so, so important. And I, I can't leave without also um, sharing uh, a love as well for the Imperfects podcast, uh, Hugh, Ryan and Josh. Um, I think I, I say that like I know them personally. Absolutely don't. But if they're listening to this, maybe they could learn a, a thing or two from Ross, Ross and I on this podcast. I wish, but uh, they're very <laughs> funny. So if anybody's not listened to it, um, it's a, a, a great, uh, powerful message they send in a, in a very, uh, in, a, in, a, in a well-packaged way, I would say. So, uh, yeah, they definitely go on to that along with the other recommendations. Well, there you have it, guys. That was episode one of the Encouraging the Conversation podcast. If this podcast made you think, you learned something, we'd love for you guys to share it or give us a review on Spotify or Apple. It really helps us out. We'll see you in the next one. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye.